This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is Rays Radio. The 1-0 pitch. Here's a swing and a drive. Left center field and deep. Did he do it again? Yes, he did. Welcome to Countdown to Opening Day. Kevin Longoria with his second home run of the ball game has just given the Rays a 5-4 lead. Coming up, we sit down with Rays players, coaches, and front office executives to discuss the latest news in Rays baseball. Archer deals, swing and a miss. He got to the chase the slider to retire the side. That's eight strikeouts for Chris Archer, and the slider finishes off the Orioles in the fifth. Now, to get you ready for opening day, here are the voices of the Rays. Well, good evening, everyone, and welcome into the 2017 Tampa Bay Rays baseball season. Along with my broadcast partner, Andy Freed, I am Dave Wills, and we're inside the Golden Diamond Source Performance Theater here on the iHeartRadio campus in Tampa. And uh, we want to also thank some of the fans who have come on out to join us for our very, very first Countdown to Opening Day show. And, uh, Andy Freed, uh, again, uh, this is a, a little bit different because usually, yes, we do a broadcast right after the big football game, but uh, we've already had Fan Fest, so maybe technically our baseball season started a few days ago, but nonetheless, it was great to see some fans out there at Tropicana Field and start to get that energy back as we get ready for the baseball season, and it's great to see the great Rays fans that are joining us here today, and it was also equally great, if not better. I know there's some maybe... Uh, female fans out there would probably think it was better that we got a chance already to see Kevin Kiermeyer, who we'll see out here in just a little bit as well. But it's good to be back talking baseball. It absolutely is. It never really stops for you and I. I mean, you and I are always kind of texting back and forth, and we'll try to figure out why did they do this or what's going on here, and then we talk to the front office and figure out things of what's going on and why. And I know I feel definitely optimistic about this season coming up, but it's not a team without questions. There's plenty of questions going in, but we have an extra long spring training I know by the end of spring training, we are really ready to wrap it up. And I think by the end of uh, March this year, we are definitely going to be ready to wrap it up. But, uh, you know, the Rays, uh, we're hoping second base works out. You know, we, I did not see, I don't think anyone saw the Logan Forsyth trade coming, but it came. And now this team is going to have to figure out, along with uh, getting Jose De Leon, how's he going to fit into the picture? People ask that a lot on Saturday at yep. Fest and said, when are we going to see him? I tend to think he's going to be maybe on the Blake Snell plan of a year ago. I'd, I, would, I wouldn't be shocked, as long as the, the five starters stay healthy, that he doesn't start necessarily in Durham and then comes up as the season goes along. But I feel very good about that. And look, if the Rays didn't feel super good about Jose De Leon, they weren't looking to trade Logan Forsythe. De Leon was one of the select few guys out there that the Rays were really targeting. And lo and behold, the Dodgers made him available. So uh, we'll, we'll see how it all plays out. But that's why we're going to have uh, a long spring training this year. Yeah, the old saying, in order to get something, you got to give up something. And uh, Logan Forsythe, as I said at the day of the trade, was one of my favorite players. I mean, he was a, a, a great baseball player, a good hitter. 
a great defender. As I've said many times, I think a couple of years ago, I really thought he probably should have had uh, some consideration for Gold Glove at second base. And then what he brings to the team, that kind of, uh, again, all-out mentality that uh, is a leader in the clubhouse. But as we said before, now we've got a young, talented pitcher that hopefully has some swing and miss in him. He's not an overpowering guy, but he's one of those guys that can use that fastball to all four quadrants of the strike zone, something that I think our pitchers need to maybe do a little bit more of. And uh, I, I, I'm really kind of excited to see what he brings to the table come spring training. But there was also some other moves that were made uh, uh, throughout the uh, offseason. I think uh, Wilson Ramos is one of the more intriguing uh, moves as well because we have been looking for that catcher for a long, long, long time. And we're still going to be looking for one maybe up until about June or July. But uh, if he comes back healthy, he was one of the top catchers in the game last year before he came down from a throw and uh, busted up his knee a little bit. Well, he was going to be one of the big guys in the free agent market if, if the Nationals didn't sign him right away. So lo and behold, he, he, he's going to be coming to the race. Now, we won't see him for a little while. It seems, and from what we hear, that his rehab is going very, very well, maybe even slightly ahead of schedule. But as we know, with the Rays, they are not going to put him out on the field until they know he is full well ready. And let's not forget, too, we're getting him for all of next year as well. Uh, so it's not just this year. So I would think probably about a season and a half of Wilson Ramos. You know, in years where the Rays uh, have, have been a good team, and especially when they turned the corner and went from not so good to very good, it was not just the acquisitions, it was the guys within the group that got better. And when I think of catching, I'm not looking for all-star performances out of Kurt Caselli and Luke Maley, but I'm looking for solid performances as catchers this year. And this is really going to be full seasons for them, uh, I think at least from the beginning, approaching mm -hmm. it that way. And if the Rays are going to be good this year, those guys are going to be a big part of it. I mean, you, you look at the teams that are every year in the postseason, you go team by team by team, it's the teams. And I'm looking for reliable catching this year. Not looking for him to hit 300, but give a good at-bat, drive in some runs, run into a few every now and then, and uh, and then obviously the, the catching is the big part of yeah, it. Yeah, they don't need to be Johnny Bench of the 70s, but they also don't have to be the 70-year-old Johnny Bench <laughs> either. So we, we need somewhere probably in between uh, for those guys to show some improvement. And then, you know, looking at some of the guys that we'd hoped we were going to get, I mean, uh, still, I know I've been saying it on Twitter, I've been saying it to fans, I still would like to see us get another right-handed bat. We thought we had a guy. We thought we were going to get a guy. And then the Yankees swooped in and took him. And now there's still, as we've said, as you said, it's a long spring training. There's still a not a great list, but there's still a list of some guys who are out there that are unsigned that could possibly still help you. And uh, who knows, are we going to – I still would like to see us make that splash to kind of reinvigorate the fan base a little bit and really get people really – I know they're excited about baseball getting started but I want to see them really, really excited. And I'd like to see if our front office can make a little bit of a splash to get people pumped for the season as well. Are you talking about Matt Wieters? Uh, that's, well, <laughs> I think a lot of people are talking he'd be about pretty good. Yeah, a lot of people are talking about him. There's an interesting article on, uh, what was it, Fox Sports, whatever. Ken, Ken Rosenthal, Rosenthal wrote about why has he slipped through the cracks here? Why has he not been signed by anybody? Often, those are guys that the Rays can kind of swoop in and get at the end. Now, uh, one would think if they were going to pay about what the Yankees were paying, if not maybe even more than – what they paid for Chris Carter, and there's there's something in the coffers there for, for Matt Wieters, and that would be a, a nice pickup for this team. Uh, from the catching standpoint, from a first base standpoint, from a switch hitting standpoint, from a veteran standpoint, from a guy that does this division very well. So, you know, uh, I, I do think that there will be guys added. I think there's going to be somebody added to to be with Logan Morrison at first base because Logan's not going to hit certainly against every left-hander. But, uh, you know, we, we were thinking as we went into last offseason – about this this infield that was going to be now the left side we're as set as I think we've been for a long time with Evan at third coming off 
36 home run mm-hmm. season, and Matt Duffy at shortstop, who apparently is clearing every hurdle and is fully ready to go for spring training in the regular season. But second base now, uh, with Logan Forsythe not there, it's going to be Brad Miller, it sure looks like it. Uh, and at first base, it's Logan Morrison with perhaps someone else. Who is that other person going to be? Those are some of the big questions. And I've been saying, uh, as you and I sometimes come on the, the station here, I, I think there will be a lot of questions still answered during spring training and maybe even still some acquisitions as these upcoming seven or so weeks go along. Again, he is Andy Freed. I am Dave Wills. This is the Rays Countdown to Opening Day show. We are inside the Golden Diamond Source Performance Theater on the campus of the iHeartRadio uh, stations here on Gandhi Boulevard in Tampa. And again, we've got a nice crowd here uh, joining us. Kevin Kiermaier will be picking us up here in just a little bit, and we'll be talking to him over the next couple segments. We've, we focused on some of the newcomers, but uh, again, I think some of the keys are guys that have already been here. We need Chris Archer who was our guest last year uh, for the very, very first show. We thought he was ready to make that next step to become an elite pitcher. He didn't necessarily do that. I'm not saying he took a step back, but 19 losses are 19 losses, and it took him a little while to really kind of get going. We're also looking at Alex Cobb after finally getting back from elbow surgery and having a normal offseason. Is it going to be more like the Alex Cobb of 2013 and uh, a guy that we can count on to help get us to the postseason? I also think it's twofold with Alex. I think Alex, if indeed he can get back to where he was, now let's face it, he's never put together an entire season in the big leagues, so that's a little bit of a concern. But if he can be anywhere near or where he was in 2013, uh, that's, a, that's a big pickup for the Rays on the, on the rotation and a big reason why I think some of the pundits are picking the Rays to win 80 to 84 games right now. Which could get them close to a postseason spot, and then you start surprising people if, if everyone stays healthy also. It's funny when you said uh, Chris Archer, he sat in that very seat right there where Kevin Kiermaier is going to sit in just a couple of minutes. And I remember saying that this rotation for the Rays, talking about last year, was going to be the envy of the league. Uh, it turned out to be quite the disappointment in the first half. Now, they did put things together in the second half. We a little did, bit better. We did see the maturation of Blake Snell. Now we're going to get a chance to see him as a fully established big league pitcher with tremendous stuff. Uh, but the command's got to get better. Uh, same for Chris Archer, too. And uh, Jake Odorizzi was probably the, the mainline guy that uh, you could – You knew what you were going to get you knew what you were every single get. night. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there's Matt Andres that's joining this rotation with some other guys lined up potentially a long way as well. So while I, I, I have to back off – what we were saying a year ago at this time, I can't say that we're the envy of the league with regard to starting rotation, but I think a lot of teams would like to have this starting rotation very much. And, you know, it, you always wonder, too, could there be a bounce back year? If all five of those guys last year had disappointing first halves, which was, we were all scratching our heads, we were sitting there going, did we overvalue these? Did mm-hmm. we overrate these guys? Were our expectations not, not in line with them? I don't think so. So I, I think there's a chance, and this is the season of if, right, in spring training, if those guys uh, are a little bit more like we thought that they would be, then this team could be a, a real surprising team. I, I think. Let's not forget this division too. It does not have David Ortiz anymore. It does not have Edwin Encarnacion anymore. Uh, and Jose Bautista may not be what he once was. So there's and the Orioles may be taking a step back. So I, I think it's much more of a uh, a doable division this year if the pitching holds out. And if, it's the starting pitching is going to make the bullpen better. If Kevin Cash has to go to the bullpen like he did last year in the fourth and fifth innings, a lot of times. Uh, you know, every day Erasmo gets worn out. Every other guy gets worn out. It's the You want to use the bullpen the way you want to, not the way you have to. And way too many times last year, Kevin Cash had to use the bullpen because he had to because a starter couldn't get through the fifth inning or the starter would fade in the fourth. So hopefully that stuff kind of gets settled down too because the less you use your bullpen, uh, a lot of times the better off you are. I mean, everybody's focusing on the postseason of last year and how the Indians and the Cubs we're going to the <laughs> closers in the sixth and seventh innings of games. 
If you talk to Joe Madden afterward, Joe said that stuff's not going to work during the regular season. And I think most people realize that. The other part is, Joe said, in, in talking to him a couple of times, our starters put together the most innings in the regular season of anybody in the National League. So our bullpen was somewhat fresh when it came to the postseason, too. So they're, they're, that's one of the other reasons why the Cubs did what they did. It's When you think back to when the Rays got to the postseason in 8, 10, 11, and 13, our starting staff usually led the way. It wasn't the bullpen that was coming in the fifth inning to close shop up. It was the starting staff that was getting the game into the seventh, eighth, and sometimes even the ninth inning to win games that way. thousand innings out of your starters. That's always that magic number, and – uh, that's a hard number to get to. It really is. And even in the years where the Rays had tremendous starting pitching, 1,000 innings from your starters is a lot, and you may not need to get it to be 1,000 these days. But you look at the bullpen, uh, Alex Colomay now is an established closer. Brad Boxberger, was he ever healthy yet last year? We're ne- we're, we don't know. The velocity was down. The effectiveness mm-hmm. was down. But Danny Farquhar had a tremendous second half. The Rays ended up bringing him back. Uh, now Sean Tolleson – which Sean Tolleson are we going to get? The one from uh, for two years and 14 and 15 with the Rangers or the injured Tolleson of last year? We hope and we understand that he's healthy, which would lead one to believe that he's due for some sort of a bounce back. Xavier Cedeno from the left side. So I see the makings of a pen, and then you got guys like Stanek and Schultz and some other guys come along. And how about Chase Whitley at some point along the lines also? So there are some names down there, but uh, th- this bullpen is a lot to prove, a lot to be figured out this year because uh, for a segment of last year, for too large of a segment, it was like the old days where you could not get it to your closers. So, mm-hmm. And then there's, there's Erasmo, who, who cannot be everyday Erasmo. No, he cannot. All right, well, we're going to be bringing in uh, Kevin Kiermeyer here in just a couple of moments. So, again, we thank you guys for coming on out. We're on the air until 8 o'clock. We'll be talking Rays baseball over the next 45 minutes or so. And, hey, the Rays are going to be hosting some of the best matchups again all season long, including opening day against the Yankees and games against the team from the north side of Chicago and the Boston Red Sox, <laughs> among others. Your chance to pick up tickets for all of the best action starts tomorrow at 10 a.m. when single-game tickets go on sale exclusively through RaysBaseball.com. Again, it starts tomorrow at 10 a.m. on RaysBaseball.com. Raise up. He's Andy. I'm Dave. Kevin Kiermeyer coming up when we come back on our Countdown to Opening Day show on Rays Radio 620 WDAE and the Rays Radio Network. <laughs> Back here from the Golden Diamond Source Performance Theater, as Dave says, on the campus of iHeart. I want to say iHeart University. Sounds, it sounds, sounds very, pretty good, doesn't it? It sounds special that yeah, way. It does. This is our Countdown to Opening Day Radio Show with Dave Wills. I'm Andy Freed. Neil Solons will be along a little uh, later also. But right now we are joined by the center fielder of the Tampa Bay Rays, and that is number 39, Kevin Kiermeyer, who... Uh, you said you were going to be watching the Purdue Boilermakers tonight. What's going on? You made some. You carved out some time for us. Yeah, I was. I was actually watching them back in the green room, and they were up seventeen to ten last Good. I checked. So my Good. my heart rate's already up throughout uh, already for the first part of this interview. But thanks for having me, guys. Cool little venue we got here tonight. So I'm looking forward to it. You know, it's funny. I was just doing a little research and uh, was on a on a website where it said your your heart was actually with basketball for a little while, but. A five foot six guy that could jump a little bit, though, really doesn't necessarily cut it uh, in that game of basketball. At least last yeah. time I checked. Yeah, the basketball dreams quickly diminished. Uh, you know, when I when I was a kid and loving it, and uh, my whole life. And once I got to high school, that kind of opened my eyes, and <laughs> nothing really changed. I finally hit a growth spurt my junior and senior year, but 
I, uh, I, I closed that book. I think you made the right choice. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I think too. most Rays fans will say uh, you made the right choice. And, uh, you know, back-to-back Gold Glove Awards now, and uh, uh, even last year with missing a number of games because of the, uh, the hand injury, uh, still 25 defensive runs saved. I know what, what defense means to you. We've, we've known that from the very, very first time you came up on that uh, game 163 in Texas, and we're at the ballpark, and we're looking. We're like, who is that guy warming up in center field at like 2.30 in the afternoon? We had no idea who he was, and then find out uh, a few moments later that it was you getting ready to come in and help us out on that particular day. But uh, uh, your offensive numbers are starting to kind of evolve. And, and I know that <laughs> I remember being at the uh, the holiday gathering where somebody said, hey, Cameron, will you stop hitting the ball to the second baseman on the ground all yeah. the time? I know you don't mean to do that uh, you know, a number of times, but what are some of the things that you would like to see as you continue to see your offensive game evolve, I mean, more stolen bases last year. I think what was it, twenty-one stolen bases? Only got caught a couple, uh, three times. Uh, so that was a big part. We started to see you put the bunts down. I mean, uh, is that all part of the evolution of where you want to see your offensive game uh, become a little more well-rounded? Yeah, you know, when I when I talk about my offensive game, the the word that comes to mind to me is consistency. And uh, probably sound like a broken record when I say that, but I mean it. It's the way it is. You know, I can have some really bad months and I can have some really good months where I put up some, uh, you know, crazy numbers along those lines. And, um, but you know, you, you kind of look around the, the game's best players and a lot of guys, they stay even keeled throughout the whole season and, uh, they avoid that really bad stretch. And I think as I've gotten older, I've gotten a lot better as far as what I want to do with the play and certain things like that. So I, I'd like to say, I'm I'm right in my prime right now and hopefully for, you know, however many more years coming, but you learn a lot about yourself and, and what you want to do and you kind of watch the game and pick people's brains and you learn a lot. So for me, my offensive game, I want to get on base. That's the, that's the key for me. Get on base, steal some bags and, and let the big guys drive me in. But, uh, you know, the thing I was most happy with last year was um, I drew a lot more walks than I have mm-hmm. my whole life. And that's something that I need to, you know, have really, really good pitch selection this upcoming year. And uh, everything else will take care of itself because when I swing at strikes, I'm 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 pretty good. But when I kind of chase out of the zone, that's when uh, things start going downhill for me. Your on base percentage went way up last year; it went about 33 points higher than it was in 2015. And from all the things you're saying, it sounds like a leadoff hitter. Now, do you? Is I mean, with Logan Forsythe not here, I would think that's a job that could be won right now. Do you go into spring training saying? Look, this is where I'd like to hit. Have the Rays expressed that to you that they'd like you to be the leadoff hitter or one of the top of the order guys? They, uh, from from the conversation I've I've had this thus far, uh, it's looking like either one or two right now. And uh, you know how the Rays operate; that could all that could all change. So right now, I I expect to see myself one or two. Um, but you know, we we do a lot of tinkering around and in, in spring training get. Uh, guys comfortable in a certain way. And for me, I hit leadoff uh, mostly in the minor leagues, but I don't know what it was about that two-hole last year, but but I loved it. Hitting behind or uh, in front of Longo, I don't know why, but it, I, I felt really comfortable there. I mean, I was right in between Lofo and Longo and uh, two very above-average MLB players. And, and, you know, who knows? Who knows if guys pitched to me differently, but I, I certainly felt like uh, in my numbers uh, – you know, hitting the two spot kind of prove themselves. And, um, but yeah, one or two and whatever the team asked me to do, I'll do it. But I guess, well, that'll be something as spring training kind of winds down where we'll get a better idea where, where I'll be. 
Kevin Kiermeyer joining us on our Countdown to Opening Day show with Andy Freed. I'm Dave Wills. And, Kevin, those numbers bear that out. I mean, uh, I was looking at uh, some of the last uh, game notes of last year. In the number two spot, you had 278 since August 27th with increased, uh, uh, again, on-base percentage. And then you hit over 300 over the last 31 games. Was there was there something that clicked? Was there something? Was it just because you were getting a little more comfortable? I know you were coming off the injury, uh, but was there something that you may have done different? I hate sometimes I get a little nervous asking hitters what they did because <laughs> a lot of times you want to be just free of any kind of thought or any kind of thinking. You don't want to be worrying about where your hands are, where your feet are. But was there something you might have done a little different that allowed you to kick those numbers up a couple of notches? You know, I throughout the whole season you you tinker with so many different things and and certain things like that and for me i i just i feel like i'm at my best when i simplify things and i think later towards the year um you know i feel like i've i've played really good in the september's that i've been up in the big leagues and it's kind of one of those things where our bodies are tired so we're trying to do less before the games and for me like uh a good routine for me is i like hitting off the tee 10 to 15 times getting loose by that, not thinking about my swing at all, go into batting practice, get even more loose and really take that seriously, you know, chill for two hours and then play in the game and feel good doing that. You see a lot of guys um, who want to take all these swings and certain things like that, and that just kind of makes me think more. So I think towards the end of the year as my, you know, your bodies get a little more tired, even though I missed two months with my broken hand, it's it's one of those things where, uh, you know, I think I just simplified everything and um, – I try to keep everything uh, simple, and that makes me see the ball. And I, I credit Jamie Nelson and Chad Matola a lot. They're always. I was in just going to ask you that. Yeah. I mean, I know I don't know if it totally coincided with uh, Chad coming on board at that particular time. I didn't really look and compare the dates, but did you click? Did you click pretty well with Chad when he when he came and took over as the the, the hitting coach for the Tampa Bay Rays? Yeah, we we have a good relationship, and he kind of knows that. You know, I'm one of those guys where I, I don't sit here and like talk hitting. I just like doing it because I'm not a guy I can't wow anyone, and that's why I don't ever talk. Well, to I think people. there's some people who disagree that you can't wow people, but well, I'm talking about when it comes to talking hitting or <laughs> talking about philosophy, certain things like mm-hmm. that. You can listen to guys like you know Longoria, Albert Pujols, Miguel Cabrera. You can listen to these guys talk, and I'm like, I would never ever think of that. I just go out there and I, I do it, and that's kind of I've been a raw type player my whole life. But, uh, yeah, me and Chad, you know, we've been in contact a bunch of soft season and Jamie Nelson, too. He's kind of the guy I cling to mostly. And, uh, you know, he just gets me. And he keeps everything more simple than any hitting coach I've ever had in my whole life. And that's why I really enjoy working with him. And he makes me feel good about myself. So, um, you know, like I said, it just comes back to, to my consistency. And that's gonna, that's what's going to make mm-hmm. me the player that I, I want to be having that throughout the course of a season. Yeah, I, th- I think – fans and, I, and maybe even us take for granted just how hard this game is. You bring up Jamie Nelson uh, and I, all of us that are around there, you know, I, I always wonder how many fans know of Nelly that much. He's listed as just major league coach. Yeah. He doesn't get a whole lot of pub, but he kind of has his hands in a lot of different things. And, you know, you're talking about what he does for you, but sometimes I even think away from the field, just almost a, a buddy to bounce an idea off of. This can be a, a lonely game sometimes when you're going through a long slump. It, it is Jamie fill that role? It seems like he fills that role for a lot of guys on this team. Definitely. He, he's he been that guy where uh, you can always count on, you know, when he's on the planes and everything, he's he's a lot of fun to – and he loves talking, hitting, and certain things like that. But, um, you know, he's just, uh, he's just a, a stand-up guy, he really is. You can – I can sit here and text him or call him in the offseason, and it's like we have no time lost. And 
he's one of those guys where he's so positive all the time and you know he's going through a bunch of stuff this off season and you just watch how he's so even keeled and uh he is a very you know he's an unsung hero of, of our team he probably throws two to four hundred times a day and I mean he's always in there during the games in between every inning from the fifth through the ninth throwing the guys and never complains at all about it so he's a person who deserves a lot more credit than uh you know just being a labeled major league coach because right. man he's just doing as uh, as much as anyone else and uh, I I love him great you know, guy Kevin I know you're, you're a Fort Wayne guy we talked about it before you're uh it, you know enjoying the Purdue Boilermakers basketball season right now not so much their football season although they got a new <laughs> football coach so maybe they're going to yeah. make some uh, uh strides in that regard but uh you're starting to really get settled in around here. I, I, I saw that you're now you're a homeowner here in Tampa. You're uh, a guy that uh, just the other day was looking for a new mattress, and hopefully somebody around here <laughs> helped you out with that. Uh, they did. But, uh, you know, you, you, you got a lot of these guys, when you, when you start to make a little money and you start to do some things, guys then want to become or, or start to work with these specific academies or uh, athletic uh, places where they go in and it's a little more structured. Do you still like to go to – the University of Tampa and just hang with the guys and, and get ready for a baseball season there. It's yeah. It's got to be one of the more unique ways of getting ready for the for the season, but obviously it's worked pretty well for you over the last few years. Yeah. Uh, you know, talking about the community, this is ever since I was called up uh, full-time efficient in 2014, it was amazing how the fans and everyone treated me. It's something I never imagined. You know, people come up to me in public and you know, one, my autograph for a picture, something I never envisioned, but you know, it is what it is. And I love that this is a, a small market and it kind of describes me, you know, I feel like we're under the radar type team market, all that. And I've been that kind of player my whole life. So I feel like I fit this mold perfectly. Um, well, yeah, you know, speaking of University of Tampa, it's just something that kind of happened. Brandon Gomes, a pitcher for us a couple years ago, said that he was working out there and recommend it since I was staying in Tampa and I'm like I don't know what to do and I went there and the coaching staff over there and the players treat me great absolutely love it it's five minute drive from my house couldn't ask for a better setup uh I see a University of Tampa sparring in the house tonight Chris McCormick right hand pitcher um but it's just one of those things where I've really been blessed with always finding like a, a perfect situation as far as things like that go and you know being out on a baseball field from pretty much any time I went from November to spring training, you know, I have a spot to go take ground balls, batting practice, base running, do whatever I want with those guys. And, and they take me with open arms and I can't thank Joe Urso and the staff over there enough, but it's, uh, I mean, I being a, really a Midwest guy myself, I know what it was like to try to get ready for a baseball season. You're doing it in gyms on wooden floors and cages and, you know, you never really get a chance to, to be able to – and I know you were working out for a while there at Fort Wayne uh, and, and getting some swings in uh, during off seasons there. But to be outside all the time, to be able to play, it, it can't help but help your game. I mean, it, there's no it, it really about is. it. It's, it's such a game changer. And growing up my whole life, I knew no better rather than doing base. I mean, I didn't do baseball full-time until I got to junior college. So in the winter I was playing basketballs. But even when I got to junior college, you know, we were going to the gym – had the last slot at the night for the gymnasium practicing from eight to 10 and, you know, hitting tennis balls in a gymnasium, stuff like that. But, uh, I, I'm so spoiled down here in Tampa, Florida, this beautiful weather, uh, especially in the winter to help me get ready for spring training and being outside every day is such a beautiful thing. And 
I'm so thankful for it. Would you have thought growing up in Indiana that Florida would feel like home? I mean, I know this was Dave and my 13th year, and it, it felt like that very quickly. I know it did for us, and I think it did, did for Dave as well. Did Florida instantly feel like home for you when you moved here? It really did. Um, and I'm not saying that to say it. It's one of those things where, you know, my uh, when I first started living down here in 2014, uh, after that season, uh, I'd go back home and I'd be at home for a week, week and a half. And I'm like, man, I cannot wait to get back to Tampa. And uh, like I said, I think that's part of how everyone treats me around here. And it's just something I never envisioned my whole life. But, uh, you know, I had a wake up call and I went to Montana this past December. And then I go to Fort Wayne after that for Christmas in Montana was negative 20. The whole Ooh. three days we were there in Fort Wayne was. But it's a dry cold. Right. Yeah, but I don't care. It was. And I go to Fort Wayne for a week, and it was 20 degrees the whole time. And I I, I thought to myself, I said, man, it, it, this was my home my whole life, but my home is now in Tampa, Florida. And when I got back here December 26th, I was like, this feels so right. And I never thought I'd consider myself a Floridian, but <laughs> you are now. I am, and I'm mm-hmm. so grateful for it. I'll never get over the alligators, but... <laughs> You know, I, I am so happy to be here. When you're in, in the ballpark in Port Charlotte, do you ever think that that alligator that lives in that pond behind left field might just, you know, want to scurry I'm all, in for I'm a always, I'm always messing. <laughs> when I go back there fishing, I always try snagging them and doing certain things like that. But uh, well, There's it, three of them that are behind my house right now. I was mowing the lawn the other day, and it's all crooked because I was just <laughs> watching, making sure they weren't coming after me. But that yeah, is different. We don't yeah, have to worry about alligators in Indiana or Illinois. But no. Um, it, it is different, no doubt about it. Well, we are going to – Continue our conversation here with Kevin. We're going to kind of focus. We come back on the 2017 season, get some of his thoughts on that. And, uh, again, the Rays are hosting some of the best matchups all season long, including opening day against the Yankees. Uh, Andy made a note of this earlier. We threw the last pitch of 2016. We're going to throw the first pitch of 2017. And also you've got the games against the Cubs and the Red Sox. Your chance to pick up tickets for all the best action is tomorrow at 10 a.m. when single-game tickets go on sale exclusively through RaysBaseball.com. Raise up. Again, he's Andy. I'm Dave. Kevin Kiermaier with us. We're back with more of the Countdown to Opening Day show after this on Rays Radio 620 WDAE and the Rays Baseball Network. Well, the Rays are hosting some of the best matchups all season long, including opening day against the New York Yankees, April the 2nd at Tropicana Field. We are the first game in Major League Baseball this year, just after 1 o'clock. Also games against the Cubs and the Red Sox. Of course, everybody else, your chance to pick up tickets for all of the best action is tomorrow at 10 in the morning when single-game tickets go on sale exclusively through RaysBaseball.com. Raise up. With Andy Freed, I'm Dave Wills. Kevin Kiermaier joining us here for another segment and. uh you know, Kevin, again, it just kind of goes with the territory with the Rays. I mean, you know, and even a lot of other teams. Most of the time there's about a 25% changeover of the roster from one season to the next. It's just the way the game is right now, and uh, that, that seems to be the case again for the Rays. We made some moves that have, uh, you know, hopefully going to help us here in 2017, some moves that will maybe help us uh, two or three years down the line, maybe even toward the end of uh, this season. But you mentioned uh, Logan Forsyth, and, and you know, again, I, I hope that uh, – De Leon's going to be a great player. I hope he's going to be a guy that uh, is everything that we're hearing about from the Dodgers organization. But uh, in order, as we said, in order to get something, you got to give up something. And uh, Logan's as good as it gets, both uh, on the field, off the field, at second base, at the plate. From a teammate standpoint, how did that hit you when that trade was uh, announced? Yeah, that uh, 
you know, I think everyone already knows this, but um, it was one of those things. I don't, I don't think that really uh, went over well with most of the players on our team. But you know, at the same time, it, it reminds you of everything being, or uh, baseball being a business. It really is at the end of the day. Um, but it's just one of those things where it's hard to find. It's hard to come by teammates who are as good as Logan on and off the field, and just as a great person as a whole. I mean. It, it, like I said, it's it's kind of hard to come by, especially, you know, great guy off the field. And then was, I think, by far one of the most underrated players in all of baseball for the last couple of years. And I'm really happy he's getting uh, the recognition that he deserves now. And I uh, wish him nothing but the best out in L.A. But, um, you know, it's one of those things where we all know how the Rays operate with, uh, you know, they, they love the team control. So Logan had his guaranteed year this year and an option for next year and, and uh, De Leon you know they have him for six years at least so it's one of those things where um, you know we, we've seen how they've operated in the past but um, nonetheless De Leon from the video of I've, I've seen he looks like uh, an explosive arm and you know hope to, to get some great results out of him but you know at the same time it just uh, it was hard to deal with all that mm -hmm. um, I'm speaking for everyone I feel like but at the same time, you got to move on. And, you know, once uh, spring training's in, you know, we got to go with the 25 guys that we choose and, and try to, you know, really buy into each other and make this a successful wow. successful season. What gets you excited for this year? You're going to have uh, maybe some new guys with you in the outfield, especially Colby Rasmus, who you may have to your, to your right when you're out there in center field with him in left. You got Steven Souza Jr. back in right field. You got Corey Dickerson out there, too. There's you. There's some other guys. You got Malik Smith, that, uh, an outfielder that may be up at some point in time. What gets you pumped up about being center fielder for the Rays in 2017? I love playing with, with guys next to me who are athletic and, and take pride in what they do out there. And, uh, you know, with Colby, a uh, huge addition, and Malik's as well. Um, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens with as far as the lineup and, and certain things like that go. But and you know, also when they throw Corey out there and Souza, um, we'll be able to cover cover a lot of ground and, and really handle our business out there. So I'm really excited about that and excited to communicate with these guys in spring training. Um, but I, I love kind of seeing how us outfielders as a core respond to each other during spring training and and really uh, kind of molding with each other throughout uh, that month and a half and try to get on the same page before opening day. I want to. I don't mean to change topic too much, but I wanted to ask what one of our friends over here in the crowd asked, what do you know about a new, the new turf that may be coming in, that is going to be coming into Tropicana Field this year? We've had AstroTurf before, and you you probably get to know that turf more than, than anyone yeah. else on this roster. And what do you, do you know about it? Do they talk to you about it? And, and what is your experiences of different kinds of turf? So when I went to the TROP a couple of weeks ago, they had like a little sample out there behind the, the home and garden show or whatever was going on over there. And I I felt it, and I think they were saying it's, it's like 92% sand, I think, and, you know, some of the rubber fillings in there. But um, it's a lot more stable for our feet. So in years past, it's it's one of those things where you're, you know, it's hard on your body because you're, your feet are like so confused and they don't have like that stable contact with the ground. This is going to help out a lot. And it's still, you know, it might not feel great to, to dive on, so to say, <laughs> but, um, that won't stop you. <laughs> yeah, no, not at all. But it, as far as that, you know, I've, I've done stuff on turf this whole off season with, uh, at the gym I've been going to and, 
you know, we play in Toronto and that that's very squishy up there. I'm not a huge fan of that. So, so the time I did walk on it uh, a couple of weeks ago, I liked it a lot and I think it has a lot better color. So it look a lot better yeah. on TV for the fans and, and what they see on that. So we'll see, uh, you know, how it goes when, when we arrive to the trout for uh, full time come April 2nd and throughout the whole season. But I'm definitely happy that they, uh, you know, spent some money to to try to better our bodies with a little bit better turf. Speaking of bodies, I mean, again, what have you learned about yourself? Now, I mean, you, you first come up and as a first or second year guy, it's probably like, hey, if I got to play every day, I can't go in and tell a coach or a manager that I need a day of maintenance or whatever because I got to show them I can play every day in the big leagues. But now as you get a little bit older and, as you said, you know, playing on a turf half the season or even more with the count the the Blue Jay uh, ball games, I mean, do you have to listen to your body maybe a little bit more now than maybe you did two or three years ago when you first came up? Because we know how key you are to this team, both uh, especially defensively and now more and more so offensively. And, all right, if we need to miss you for a day or maybe come in defensively for the eighth or ninth inning, that's better than missing you for four or five days because your knees are sore, sore or your ankle hurts or something happened because you played an extra couple of days. I mean, communication's got to be a big key in that in that regard. Yeah, communication is big. And, uh, you know, for the most of the time, there, there's not many days where, I, where I'm going to say I want a day off or need it. And, it. and it has happened, but, you know, try to keep those days few and far between. But it's one of those things where, you know, I, I love shagging during batting practice. And, um, you know, you try to get one good round in and get, you know, get your body moving a little bit out there and see the roof and all that, um, train your eyesight. But you, you really can't spend as much time on there as you'd like because uh it really does it beats your body up and uh you know i was i was talking to steve carney in the in the green room back there and i said years ago when i got drafted uh, i was talking to bj upton about and he said how it just tears your legs and your backs up and he said that he thinks maybe it, it, it could potentially take a couple of years off his career and i thought he was just you know kind of talking and now i know what he's talking about so it's just all about how you maintain your body and you know you have to get in the cold tub a ton after almost every game. That's what I'm going to try to do. And we have these new, um, these things that you put on your legs and they, they, I call them puffy legs, but they, <laughs> they go up and down your legs and, and flush all the blood out and everything. So you got to do anything like that, that works a bunch of soft tissue. And, uh, you know, you try not to get out of routine too much because this is nothing to, to mess around with. And at the end of the day, I have to be ready to be, out there on the field, and uh, I'll do whatever it takes to maintain that. Andy and I put the puffy necks on after games <laughs> to kind of cool our throats down after a – Flush the blood right yeah, on out know, of there. Exactly, you know. especially after a couple of long games or yeah. three-hour and 15-minute game. But, you know, we that, it's some of the, it's the things you have to do to yeah. make it through. We're professionals, that's yes, why. Exactly. exactly. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, in terms of this season, in terms of spring training coming up, how will you structure the next seven weeks? I know you were telling us in the green room that – just within a couple of days, you're going to be heading down. I know the first official uh, pitchers and catchers, is, I've jotted it down here, officially uh, the 14th and then the 19th full squad. But you'll be down there, I imagine, probably a little even before that. Yeah, I'm going to head down next Wednesday. And, uh, you know, spring training, I just kind of, um, you know, I try to get my feet wet the first couple of days down there and, and seeing everyone all that. And then it feels like you're taking live batting practices, uh, you know, right out the chute. And that's the most – humbling thing ever you feel so good off season hitting and doing that then you stand in on on these guys Alex Colome, Chris Archer and you know they're throwing 95 past you and it looks like 105 so 
this is a very humbling game, but, you know, try to get locked in as soon as possible. And, um, you know, it, it's just one of those things where you want to you want to stay locked in and spring the whole time. So there's really no adjustment period as, as far as that goes and stay consistent through there. So you truly can can tell yourself, hey, you know, once April 2nd gets here, I've done everything I need to do to get ready. And, um, you know, I think there's a lot of people, you know, they don't see the, the work we put in behind the scenes where we're on the half field um, and on, on the backfields every day bunting for however, you know, 40 to 60 bunts a day doing certain things like that, maintaining your arm and, and long tossing, doing all that. But uh, everyone's different what they do, but I, I really enjoy spring training because it's, it's a little bit um, more relaxed. You know, stats don't matter or anything like that. People look so, so far in those things and it's really, you know, seven weeks to get locked in as possible and, and gets you ready for the for the long road ahead, and I really enjoy that. So we we actually do work on bunts because if I just listening <laughs> to Neil's post game show a lot when we're at home, it's our fans seem to think that we don't work on bunts. But I'm glad that you let everybody know that we do actually work on bunts, which I knew we did. I just, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, no, just, I know but, what you're saying. Uh, but and you know when when you when you look at what's coming up, and and I don't, I'm not looking to put any additional pressure on you, but. We were saying this a little bit toward the end of last season that for this Rays offense to improve, we can't have very much regression from guys like Evan. I mean, I, you know, again, he put together an incredible season last year. If he were to do 30 homers this year, I think most people would say, "I'll take it." Uh, we, we you know, we need uh, Brad Miller to maybe, all right, maybe not 30 homers, but if he stays in that 20 to 25 range, that's pretty darn good too. But I look at the the three amigos that that probably need to show improvement and I, I talk about you know again Dickerson uh, being a guy that we expected big things from and I thought he showed signs and flashes of it last year I think we're still waiting for Steven Sousa to kind of get to that point where again Steven can be a difference maker both offensively and defensively because he is that kind of an athlete and then you I think I put you guy, you three in there and if I, if I see improved offense from you three I think our offensive team becomes better do you agree with that yes I I, I totally do and, and I agree with all the three players that you were saying as well, um, Brad Miller. You know he's going to hit homers. He has that that um, that stupid pop, as we like to say. And uh, you know he he's going to do that again. I'm not. I don't know about thirty, whatever. I'm not taking anything away from. Had a great year last year. Yeah, there weren't very but, many cheapies in the no, ones he no, had either. I mean, no, so they were legit. Not at all. And then yeah, Longo had had a great year as well. And if he can follow up with that and uh, you know get a little more help from from us guys, but you know you, you see. Corey Dickerson, what he's done this offseason and, and how he's really focused on his body. And I know he was battling a bunch of back problems last year. And, you know, talking to him behind closed doors, he wouldn't lie to me. He's feeling a lot better and he has so much potential and and he can do so much on the on the baseball field, especially from the offensive side. He just has um, blessed with with the power swing and, you know, to all fields. And it's uh pretty crazy i wish i had that but whatever and uh steven Sue's as well i watched him hit a couple weeks ago and he looked phenomenal and said his body's feeling really good after his uh hip surgery so i think um you know a lot of guys are gonna you know last year's kind of a wake-up call my myself included um but i expect a lot better things coming out of a lot of uh our core group of guys this year and uh you know like you said hopefully brad miller and longoria can can somewhat replicate the seasons they had a year ago. And the, and the new guys we brought in, Wilson Ramos, very excited about him, Cole Erasmus, Malix, all those guys. So I always tell, you know, people ask me, you know, how are we going to look this year? I said, at the end of the day, what it comes down to is ex- execution 
and going out there performing. You can do all the projections you want, certain things like that, but the past three years we have not been consistent, consistently performing at a high level. We've had glimpses of being really good and really bad. So if we do a better job of buying into each other, and I think our our pitchers are going to do a lot better this year. Uh, you know, they struggled early on last year, and we kind of dug ourselves in a hole that we couldn't get out of. But, you know, you got to perform and execute at the end of the day, and, and we got to really look in the mirror, and, you know, there's no way being around the bush about that. we got to be better. Kevin, I wanted to ask you about your arm, because when you look at who are the top-tier arms in, in this game, you're at the very top, accuracy and strength. How do you get your arm in shape? during spring training is it more throwing is it I mean I've heard it what's the old phrase even for pitchers if you don't use it you know you'll you'll lose it I mean do you do you have a schedule for for your arm to get it so it's at peak performance come April 2nd yeah so um, I'm gonna backtrack before spring training I I let my body kind of relax a little bit once the season's over and then I'll I'll start throwing a a football and uh, you know, with whoever my buddies here in Tampa, I've thrown with my girlfriend. She's actually really good, uh, surprisingly. And I think, I don't know what it is about a football, but it's just, it's been really beneficial for my arm. And then, you know, once December and January comes, very rarely do that, but it's slowly about, you know, doing all your exercises, stuff like that. Um, but, you know, building your arm strength up. And right now my arm, I, I feel like, uh, I can't say mid-season form, but I was, I was long tossing the other day, and, and that's something that's really beneficial for uh, arm strength as well. So it, there's a lot of things that come into play, to be honest, but I know this is something that can keep me around the game for a long time. And if I want to be elite defender, all the elite defenders out there, they can throw, they can run, they can you know, make all the spectacular plays, but this is something that has treated me so good throughout the years. And... Um, like I said, I, I treat this just as valuable for me as a as a starting pitcher or any pitcher. Uh, yeah. It amazes me that you still get assists sometimes because people know. You know, it was a surprise in, in the early parts of your career. But, I mean, every scouting report says don't run on Kiermaier. How do you still get assists? You know, sometimes wow. I, still just hitting the cutoff man will give you assists. But it's, it's hard because nobody runs on you anymore. You know, that that is true. With all the scouting reports we have out there nowadays, it's crazy. And, you know, I go uh, think about our, our hitters meetings. It's like, okay, these are the guys we can be aggressive on. These are the guys where we really want to be cautious with. And, uh, you know, for me when I'm out there, I, I get mad when people don't run on me because I'm like, <laughs> man. And then, you know, I make a good throw and the cutoff guy gets it. But, you know, that person never advanced to the next base. I'm like, I know I would have thrown him out right there. And, <laughs> Uh, but when I do get the opportunities, I want to make the best of them. Um, you know, that's just one thing. Rocco Baldelli has been a huge help to me, always being available for me every single day and really uh, has so much knowledge for the game. And he's helped me um, step my game up from a defensive standpoint. So there's a, there's a ton of people who've helped me along the way. And now I just try to take in all that as much as I can. But uh, definitely my, my tip for all the young outfielders out there is you know, listen to your body and how your arm feels. But, you know, the stronger arm you can have, the the better. Because, man, it, it's an absolute weapon. And like I said, I'm very blessed to have the arm I have. But there's a lot of work that, that goes into it, though. As we uh, wrap it up, and again, thank you for taking the time to join us here tonight. Finish this, this sentence. The Rays make the playoffs in 2017 if? If our pitchers do what they're capable of and we get a consistent performance 
for more guys than just Evan Longoria. We, I can't. I'm, this is a run-on sentence now. <laughs> we, we need, I, my, you know, my my English teacher isn't here, so you can go ahead. Yeah, and do okay. It, you know. It's one of those things where, like I said, I backtracked Pat last year. Our pitchers were so much better. Um, I, I can't think of what the date they clicked on, but then they were so good, and this was at a point in time where we were, you know, kind of out of it. But we have so much talent with our with our rotation, and you put them up against anyone, and we need these guys to perform, and they know that, and it's what we feed off of. We need our relievers to shut down the game as much as possible, and – it's one of those things where last year I know we lost a ton of one-run games. We have to win those games, mm-hmm. and when we when we score, the other team scores three or four runs, we have to win those games. We're not a Toronto Blue Jay-type offense where we're going to score eight or nine runs a game, but when those games are low-scoring, we have to capitalize on those especially. But, you know, if we get consistent performances throughout the the whole team, we have the guys to do it. We really do. We have the, the guys to – make this a winning organization, a winning team. And like I said, it all comes back to at the end of the day, you got to perform and execute better than the other team more times than not. So that's the name of the game. Well, it's one of my favorite moments of the year when uh, we're talking baseball and then on opening day when they call your name and you run out. I remember we recorded it. I recorded it on my phone last year. Dave and I were saying, wait till he gets announced and you always get one of the biggest roars. So you love living here and these fans love having you here. Yeah, Kevin, we appreciate yes. you. Taking a few moments here, and we will see you in Port Charlotte. All right. Sounds good. Thanks for having and me, good. guys. What's the update on the Boilermakers tonight? You know what? Let's Hold get on. a quick update here. Let's see if my technology can, can figure this out. Hold on. He's I living and dying it. with this, folks. You have to realize he's an Indiana guy. So, all right, the give score. Me, give me five more seconds. All right, five more seconds. <laughs> Indiana 36, Purdue 32 at halftime. All right. Well, hey, it's okay. It's halftime, for goodness sake. Halftime. Hey, there's still plenty of time left. (laughs) Second half adjustments. Kevin Kiermaier, ladies and gentlemen, thanks for taking the time to join us. We're going to take a break. We'll come back and uh, might get a couple of nuggets from Neil. when he uh, Neil Solons, our pre- and post-game host, might come up here and join us for a little bit. But, again, thanks to Kevin. And we're back after this on uh, Countdown to Opening Day on Rays Radio 620 WDA and the Rays Radio Network. Well, the Rays are hosting some of the best matchups all season long at Tropicana Field, including, of course, opening day against the Yankees, games against the Cubs, the Red Sox, the whole American League, and a couple teams from the Nationals. Well, of course, your chance to pick up tickets for all the best action tomorrow morning at 10 when single-game tickets go on sale exclusively through RaysBaseball.com. Rays up. With Andy Freed, I'm Dave Wills. And, again, we are in the Gold and Diamond Source Performance Theater here on the campus of iHeartRadio. And, uh, well, Talk about uh, being a tough act to follow. We had Kevin Kiermaier up here, and now we have Neil Solnitz. But uh, (laughs) Neil, again, a a big, big part of our radio broadcast, as I've said from uh, the last few years. Uh, I'll put our radio broadcast, and and I usually don't like to pat myself on the back, but uh, I'll put our radio broadcast up against anybody from pregame, in-game, to post-game. And Neil does as good of a job, if not better, than anybody I've heard around Major League Baseball and handling uh, the pregame segments, the postgame calls. Last year, we didn't even get angry Neil once, which I was kind of upset How about. How is that? There's, we went 68-94, and, we and Neil never got angry. Neil, but, uh, and there were a couple times, too, we were kind of waiting for it as we're, taking the, we're driving to the airport. We're trying to bait <laughs> him, for goodness <laughs> sake. <laughs> we're going to start making calls and just be somebody else. Yeah, this is uh, Jim from uh, Apopka. Yeah, uh, Neil. But, you know, Neil... 
what do you, what makes you excited about this 2017 season as we look ahead? I mean, uh, you know, there was a lot of change this offseason, as always, it seems, with the Rays. But what, what are you excited to see when you get down to Port Charlotte and uh, spend the next 50 days down there? Well, beyond the guy who left the room, and by the way, I did learn a lot during that interview. Can I get one of those puffy neck things? <laughs> you haven't earned it yet. We'll work <laughs> you want to continue upgrade, you know. Yes. Um, the thing that excites me is is having what I hope is a full and healthy Alex Cobb because I really think he can be. You know, Kevin brought up the starting pitching. To me, if Alex returns to the guy he was before he was injured. Whether he makes all of his starts or not, I do think he becomes a leader in that clubhouse and with that rotation. And I think it takes more pressure off Chris Archer. I think it takes more pressure off Jake Odorizzi. And I think that can start to really transform the way this club performs in 2017. So I start with Alex. I think he's a really important piece of this year. You know, Neil does This Week in Rays Baseball throughout the year on 620 WDE and the Rays Radio Network. And you're doing stuff during the offseason, too, This Week in Rays Baseball on podcasts and various other interviews. And I heard one of the ones you said – uh, just the other day that you're looking for because of this long spring training, some of the young guys that we're going to get a chance to see. Who are some of those guys that you want to see? The guys that I want to see, and let's start with Willie Adamas because I think people believe that over time he's a difference maker potentially. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is an everyday player who every every level he's played at, the team has won. Um, I want to see Jake Bowers because they say he's a flat-out ball player. And Casey Gillespie, who's now at AAA. Um, you know, I, I wrote about it today on our blog. The Rays have th- – probably eight guys who could be starting pitchers in AAA. So I think they've got more guys who are kind of real close to the surface to being able to help the major league club. We haven't said that for for a bit. Um, so that's what excites me because we will get a longer look at them. Well, you know, again, it, it, we're going to get a long look because of the uh, the World Baseball Classic and, uh, and the like. And uh, we start our first games in just a couple of weeks. We're going to be uh, on, what, uh, February 24th? Fourth. Third, fourth. We'll be down there for a Boys and Girls Club uh, dinner on the 23rd, but first game on the 24th. Indeed. And, Neil, you'll be as part of our broadcast also. And then some of the ones that aren't on radio, they will be on racebaseball.com. Mm-hmm. So, uh, we thanks definitely, for taking the time. Thanks for yeah, Neil's. We're glad we could squeeze you in. That's right. We will be here next week as well doing another live show. And then, the, and then our countdown to opening day shows will be kind of pregame shows leading into our Saturday and Sunday broadcast right here on 620 WDAE. So, Neil will be a big part of that. As well, we definitely want to thank Larry McCabe, Chris Miller, Trey Downey, uh, Dana uh, Raymer, and uh, of course John Mamola and his entire staff here at the Golden Diamond Source Performance Theater, along with Cameron Billis and Ray Jensen, who we will gleefully poke fun of all year long. They will be our production assistants and booth concierges. So, for Dave Wills, I'm Andy Freed. Thank you for listening. This is Countdown to Opening Day on 620 WDAE and the Rays Radio Network. Thank you for listening to Countdown to Opening Day. Follow me on the 1-2 pitch. Long drive to right. Sousa going back to his left at the warning track. Jumps up, makes the catch. Slams against the wall. Secures the baseball and the victory for the Rays. If you missed any of the show, download it at RaysBaseball.com slash podcasts. The lefty holds the belt. Now pitches to Miller. Swing and a high fly ball. Deep right center field. Eaton turns around. Join us for opening day on April 2nd as the Rays host the New York Yankees. Now the 1-1 pitch on its way. Swing and a drive. Deep right field. For tickets or for more information on the Rays, visit RaysBaseball.com.